He's over there. You know how he does that. He's uh, he makes a little plan for us. So, so that's that's really really good. Um, so I want to tell you a little bit about my story. I'm my name's Keith Murphy. I am Jared's dad. I've been I was honored and blessed to be his dad um, while he was growing up. It's pretty cool, cool story. I, I won't tell the whole story, but uh, this young lady over here had a lot to do with it. <laughs> um, but as far as righteousness goes, and as far as my journey with Christ goes, it really started when my wife brought me to church. Back then we were dating, you know, and uh, she brought me to church, and I was like, they had drums there and stuff, and they were, you know, everybody was happy, and I was like, where's the church, you know? They didn't have any of these kind of seats. They had just folding chairs, and uh, I was like, this isn't church, you know, this is weird. And, uh, and it, it got me, grew on me, I guess, and I, I liked it more and more. I gave my life to Jesus, and... Um, and that was it, and I started the journey, and, and it's not been a perfect journey, you know, for me. It's been a journey that's been up and down, and, and uh, I've been pushed back and forth and by my own desires, by the world, by whatever. And I think we all can relate to that as we struggle and, and try to walk this journey out. But it's, it's really not about being perfect, is it? You know, it's about understanding who we are in Christ. It's, it's about that righteousness, that word righteousness. You know, it's all about that. If we can understand that we're righteous, if we can understand that, we can start to begin to act out of that. So, we, so I want to go through a few things with that this morning, but I want to start with um, one of the first times I went to church. Um, there was a guy in there. He was kind of a short guy. You know, one of those guys who's got their shirt kind of messed up and uh, just never seems to have it together. And he's, he comes up to me, and this is like the, maybe our second time there, and he says, hey, brother, you want to go to China? We're going to hand out Bibles in China, brother. And I'm like, No. <laughs> China, I'm going to go to China. I didn't, first of all, I didn't really know who God was. And then second of all, I didn't even like Chinese food. I'm like, I'm like, that was a whole other experience where I had to learn how to like Chinese food first. And then this guy was just out there. I'm like, this guy's an idiot, you know. This is, this is Christians, you know. But he had a great heart. And he was, his, he, what he used to do is he used to smuggle Bibles into China. And this, we're talking back in, the, what was that, like the early 90s, right, huh? Way back in the 90s, he's smuggling Bibles into China. They used to have to walk backwards through the snow to leave the wrong foot track, so it would look like somebody was leaving and not coming. And they would carry Bibles in these guys, you know. And, uh, you know, they had, the, they had convinced in their heart that this was real, and they were going to give their lives for it. And I just thought he was a weirdo. <laughs> I felt kind of bad believing that afterward. But anyway, so, so there, there's that story. Now, one other story I had, when I first uh, started to worship the Lord, I put my hands up to worship, you know. And I'd be worshiping away, and you know, the band would be up front, and I'd be worshiping, and uh, come here, Josh, for a sec. So I'd be worshiping away, and I, you know, sometimes you kind of get lost where you are and stuff, and I'm worshiping the Lord, and I'm singing my heart out, and this chap is standing next to me, some guy, and I, I open my eyes up, and I'm like this. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like an inch from the poor guy's ear, yelling, screaming, praising the Lord, and I was like, oh, you know, so I didn't put my hands up for like a week after that, and thank you. <laughs> So it was, a, it was kind of embarrassing, but, you know, I got over it eventually, put my hands back up, and, and why not? So so let's get into this psalm now. This, this psalm is called, is the blessed state of the righteous, it's Psalm 112. Does everybody have that? Okay. So in order to be righteous, we need something, right? We can't just, like, we could try to be really good people, but we're always going to fall short somehow. Maybe we're going to lie. Maybe we're going to cheat. Maybe we're going to run that red light. You know, there's something's going to happen. We're not going to live perfectly. So we need something, right? Is everybody on the same page with that? All right. So we need, who do we need? We need Jesus. So Jesus, he kept the law perfectly. And if we're in him, we're good. There's nothing else that we need. When he took our, took and sacrificed his life for us, he gave us perfect life. So that's our standing. Now we're righteous before God. So we actually are like little Jesuses, basically. So we're good with him. We don't have to, we don't come to God with all the things I did wrong this week. I come to God out of a right standing with Christ. That's how I come to God. That's how you come to God. And we start to forget about that stuff and we start to backpedal from it. And that's when we get in a little bit of a funk. That's when we get out of where we really should be. So um, I just want to go over the definition of saved too. Saved is, uh, comes from the word sozo. It means to save, safe, rescued, properly delivered. Um, out of danger and into safety, and it's it's um, it's used principally of just of God rescuing us from death. You know, we all deserve the death, and He took us out of that, and we don't have to go back to that ever again. That's who we are. We're our, a good definition of uh, righteousness is just, we're just right with God. We have right standing with Him. That's it. We don't owe Him anything. You know, the only thing that we give Him is probably praise and, and adoration and love. 
just based out of what he did for us, right? So it just kind of comes out of, he basically put, us in, put it in us and then he brings it back out again. It's kind of cool the way he does that. Um, so um, we have oneness with God. We have, uh, there's no distance between him and us. We're open with him. We can talk to him anytime. We don't have to like uh, have a good day and then talk to him. We could be having a rotten day and talk to him. Matter of fact, I had a Friday was kind of a rotten day for me. You get that slide of the uh, detractor? I was driving that when it fell into the hole. <laughs> and, and normally that would have been a, a whole lot of bad words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> and I think a couple slipped through the gate before I had a chance to shut it. But, um, you know, I, I ended up having to get, uh, I had to get ropes, come alongs, chains, and pull that thing up a little bit just to be able to move it. Like it, if there was like one more ounce on the top of that cage, it would have fallen in. It was just sitting there just ready to go all the rest of the way over and fall down the rest of the way. It's probably another four feet to the bottom. So we had some trees up back, and we put ropes on it temporarily and went to Home Depot. And the whole time I'm going to Home Depot, normally this, it would have been like, ah, you know, just yelling and ticked off and dropping F-bombs and just doing, you know, just being dumb about it. And, and just Because uh, the things that go through my mind are like, you know, this thing flips over, I'm responsible for it, I'm renting it. So it's a $30,000 machine, there goes that. You know, it's a good chunk of change for me. I don't know about you guys, but 30 grand would hurt me. <laughs> and uh, so all those things are going through my mind. And I, like, after a while, I just stopped. And I said, no. Holy Spirit, you're going to help me get this thing out. I don't even know how to get it out. But you're going to help me. So I started to pray from a different way. I said, you know what? I know I can get this thing out, but I don't know how. <laughs> Not yet. So uh, I went to Home Depot. I couldn't find some stuff. I asked this lady. Uh, she looked like... There's no way she knew what a come-along was. You know, come-along is a big ratcheted cable puller, and it pulls about two tons of weight, and you just keep pulling it, and it, it pulls things together, and it'll pull that, it'll pull that thing out of the hole. But I said, do you know what a come-alongs are? And, and I'm expecting her to say, what's a come-along? And she goes, so they're right there. And they were right in front of me. <laughs> so she knew all about them and stuff, so that was cool. So I got, I got all that stuff, and I went back, and then on the way back, I was just praying, just saying, you know what, Lord, thank you for helping me get this thing out. You know, instead of whining about it, so I kind of whined on the way there. I got what I needed, and I stopped whining on the way back. I just said, you know what? I'm going to praise him on this side of the river. You know, on this side of the river, where all the funk is, where all the problems are, and my solution's over there, I'm just going to praise him until I get there. You know? So I'm just going to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Then I get over here, and I'm like, oh, okay. Thank you, Jesus. I got it on. You know? <laughs> so we, we ended up getting out of the hole. It took about, the whole process took a couple hours. Uh, time I didn't necessarily have, but it's just the way it works. So that was my kind of dovetails with Eric's story, you know, but I, it could have gone a different way. I could have got mad. Uh, one of my guys, Julio, was saying, you know, Camacho, you need to drive it over here, not drive it over here. Like, I'm, 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 dude, I'm past that. I'm in the hole. It's over, you know. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's just, this, that advice just killed me. So please get rid of that picture. I don't want to look at that anymore. <laughs> But we got it out. Nobody got hurt, which was ex- extremely significant. So, um, All that to say that you know, we can operate on that side of our, our hearts if we want. We've got that new creation in us, right? So if we're a new creation in Christ, then we can actually operate completely out of that side of our heart. And we don't have to do the old things. And what Satan does is he likes to come along and give us all the old ways. You know, you need to be mad about this. You, know? you need to swear at this thing or kick it or punch it after or Something, you know, but um, I didn't have to do that, and it worked out. Either way, it probably would have worked out, but this way it worked out with God getting a little bit of glory rather than, you know, me getting insane about it and then dragging it home and, and uh... <laughs> yeah, doing that kind of stuff. Not that that would ever happen, but, yeah. <laughs> so if, if we become more confident in who we are in Christ, in our righteousness, if we start to walk in that, a lot of times some Christians will be like, well, you know, if I say I have the righteousness of Christ, if I say I'm holy, what if I walked around and said I'm holy? What would you guys think? Would you think like, you're not holy. What's wrong with you? But I'm holy. Christ made me holy, right? He's, his sacrifice made me holy. So I can actually, if I start to say that to myself and I start to believe that, stuff that's unholy is going to start falling off me. You know, that stuff's going to go away. Like, um, for example, like watching TV shows with, you know, I probably shouldn't be watching. I'm not going to be interested in that any longer. That's not when I'm, I'm not searching over looking for something wrong to watch. I'm just like, eh, I don't care about that anymore. I'm holy, you know? 
So I can do it out of that way. So I, I can put things in my life where I, where I discipline myself to be holy, where I can say, Keith, you will not do this, whatever, fill in the blank behavior. I will not do it. And it probably would work for a couple of months. But it doesn't work forever. And I think the reason why it doesn't work forever is because we're not operating out of our new heart and our new spirit. We're operating out of our mind. We're just operating out of ourself, out of our flesh. So it's a good concept. We're supposed to be doing that stuff, but we're approaching it the wrong way. Does that make sense? So we can approach it for, or from the work of Christ that's already done in our hearts. That holiness is already inside of us. So we can walk that out if we really want to. And we can depend on him for it. So that's what I'm working on. So far, it's doing all right. <laughs> um, so if I wrote down, from the inception of salvation, um, the enemy tries to reverse it using familiar spirits, old habits, or thought patterns, or people. People who really need to be loved and valued. Those, those same people those, that tick us off. This guy at, at where Eric works, um, you know, he's a valuable soul. He's a valued person. He's not acting like it, right? He's not a regenerated soul. He's not a soul that's got the blood of Christ on him. He's a soul that's still working in the world, and he's still probably very much shaped by his environment. He's shaped by his family or lack thereof, shaped by any kind of wrong stuff that happens in his life, shaped by drugs, shaped by alcohol, even shaped by tobacco in some cases. I don't, I don't want to get a whole big thing going on that. But there's, a, there's things that happen. You know, things change us. They, they teach us to think a certain way. And what Jesus is doing is he's getting us to unthink so we can get our, our minds renewed, so that we can get our, our minds our brains clean and you know our brains need to be clean our minds need to be clean and he's willing to do that for us he's willing to bring that um, uh, and sometimes it's some stuff that gets us is like uh, uh, you know there's like a forecasted disrespect like I'm already thinking that this guy is going to disrespect me and I'm already thinking how I'm going to put an end to that before it even happens and it may not even happen there's all kinds of things like you know our kids are going to do maybe this negative behavior when we're not watching but it doesn't help us any to think about that, you know. It really helps us to stand on the promises instead, to stand inside the word. And uh, we'll go over that in a minute, too. Um, so, so let's get into Psalm 112. So verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. That's so good. Um, mine says, uh, I think mine says fear the Lord. And, and that fear really is respect and once you realize who God is, he's not angry at you, he's not upset with you, he's upset at sin, and he, but he made a solution for that. You know, Christ came, and it was the ultimate ambush. He came in, and he just destroyed Satan. Satan's thinking, nah, we killed him, we killed him, we killed him. <laughs> he rose from the dead, it's over. He fell right into the trap. He was supposed to kill him. So that way we could, that sacrifice could be done. He didn't do it willingly. Not a bunch of bad guys grabbed Jesus one night, beat him up, and nailed him on a cross. That's not how it went. He gave himself. They didn't have any power. He gave them the power to, to take him. So that way, he could free us. Because he valued every single one of us. All of our souls weren't even here yet at that time. But they were still valuable to him. God sees the whole thing. If he doesn't see the whole thing, he's not God, right? So he's got the whole plan. He's got the whole thing figured out. So Jesus came. It was the biggest ambush in the world. The greatest victory the world has ever seen. It's the most biggest rescue mission that has ever taken place on the face of the planet, to change men from being negative, like Eric would say, negative, to being positive again, flipping things on their head, giving us new hearts, new minds, new creations, or new creations. And it's just the beginning. It's really, the thing of us being a new creation is that um, this is, we're not just going to go to heaven and float around someday. That's not what we're going to be doing. I mean, heaven's going to be cool, but it, it, cool is a huge understatement, obviously, for that, but... Um, Jesus is going to come back again to this earth. And he's going to reign here for a thousand years. And we're going to be a part of that. We're going to reign with him for a thousand years. But we're going to have new bodies. And we won't have any more sin. We won't have any more disease or sickness. We'll be completely healed, completely set free. We'll be that new creation that he's already deposited inside of us in seed form, right? That thing's growing. And we're going to be that creation that we were intended to be before the, before the beginning of the world. So we're going to be brand new, brand new creations again, to how we were supposed to be. No more sin. Can you imagine not having any sin at all? Not to be sin conscious at all? Not even thinking about it? Nothing. The scientists say that we use, what, 10% of our brains? We'll be able to use the other 90% to 
the Bible says we'll know fully as we're fully known. So we're going we're gonna to find new materials. We're going to find new discoveries. There'll be, um, there'll be um, more things to invent. There'll be more minerals. There'll be a lot more things that we can do. It's going to be completely, totally different. And that's just my version of it. <laughs> you know, that's my limited understanding of what it's going to be like. It's going to be amazing. Just amazing. If you could just think that, uh, you know, we'll still know each other, you know, you guys give me a hard time about, you know, hey, remember that time you spoke at church? Uh-huh, you know, and, uh, and, and I'll be like, yeah, I kind of, I don't really remember it because I'm not really, it's not tied to me anymore. You know how our past kind of ties to us? And, and it, uh, like, especially, especially for some reason, negative past seems, it doesn't like we don't really remember the picnic and you know, the great time we had at the beach or something. And we remember like, you know, how the picnic didn't go right, right? We, we remember the negative side of it for some reason. We don't remember like all the really cool, awesome stuff that happened. So those things won't be a part of us anymore. We, they might be like a distant memory, kind of like a movie you watched when you were a little kid, but it doesn't have any emotional attachment or effect to you anymore. You know, we'll be completely free from that. I don't think it'll be wiped out completely, but we'll be free. This is all my opinion, by the way. But I think I'm right. <laughs> no, I, no I, I won't get too far into that one. Um, but, um, but it says, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. What are God's commandments? Is it the Ten Commandments? Is it the Book of the Law? Is it the Word completely? What, what is it, when you look at commandments, what do you think of? I used to work at like the Ten Commandments. I, that's what I would think of. But now when I look at the commandments, I look at, it's his Word. It's his whole Word. It's the counsel of his entire Word. So if we delight in his commandments, then we'll be blessed. It says, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. So, commands? Yeah. So his, his commands are that we're, we're free. <laughs> he commanded that we be free. Jesus bought our, our freedom for us. So we're all in Christ and we believe that. We're in. That's it. We win. You open the paper up in the morning. Hey, we won. <laughs> Go on to the next day. Hey, we won again. <laughs> So, um, I really like this next, in verse 2, uh, it says, um, his descendants will be mighty on earth, the generation of the upright will be blessed. And I want to talk about my family here, but I don't want to talk too much about my family because I'm not going to be able to talk, because <laughs> I just love them so much. But uh, uh, it, it's so true in our lives, and, and, and Tammy will tell you that, um, you know, our kids are mighty in the land. That's who they are. That's an inherited promise. They are mighty in the land. Our kids are grown-up kids. I mean, Jared's up here teaching the Word of God. I don't know if you can get much higher than that. You know, we put certain emphasis on jobs and stuff like that. But if he's teaching the Word of God, setting people free, helping people, not too sure there's much better than that. It's really hard to say, but I would say no. So he's doing that. My daughter's serving the Lord in California, her family. Um, you know, our family's growing. Uh, we've got four grandkids now. We've got two in California, two in Connecticut. I'm going to give a shout-out to everybody because they might hear this when they're out there. So we got Nevea, who's a beautiful young lady. She's uh, eight years old now. Seven? Seven? Sorry, Vea. And then there's Judah, and then there's uh, her brother. He's five. And then there's uh, Jaron. You guys all know Jaron running around here. And then there's Judson, and he's just starting to run around. So he'll get up to speed in no time. And, uh, and then we also, but we also added some really cool stuff. We added... Uh, we added um, Julie, the first lady at Naugatuck, the first lady at CC Nagi. And uh, what a great fit she is into the family, and uh, she's just beautiful. And, and Frankie, you know, we, we love Frankie out in California. I wish he would move to Connecticut, but, you know, he's out there with the kids, and he's a great dad and husband. So, And, and we, did, we prayed for those kids when they were younger. We prayed, you know, bring a good wife, bring a good husband, and, and uh, bring the right husband, bring the right wife, right? And that's what he did. That's what God did. So our children are mighty in the land. Now we got another one coming into his own now, walking his walk, got baptized this year, taking his walk with the Lord very seriously. And, uh, you know, we couldn't be prouder of him. And we know that his wife is going to be the exact fit for him, exact fit. And uh, he will be mighty in the land. That's just who he is. That's his, I believe that with my whole heart. And if you've got a kid right now who's, uh, who's maybe not walking with the Lord or, or maybe struggling in some area or, or, uh, or not, I mean, we just need to grab onto this promise, you know, like, like I was saying on the way back from Home Depot, thank you for getting this tractor out of the, out of the ditch, Lord, you know. Thank you, for, thank you that my son 
is going to be mighty in the land. Thank you that my daughter is going to be mighty in the land. Thank you that you're bringing a spouse for them that will be mighty in the land. You know, that's what we need to have the mindset of. We need to have that focus. We need to laser that down instead of, um, instead of really whining about, oh, gee, I hope he doesn't, you know, smoke drugs or, you know, come on, man. Do we really need to whine? We're Christians. We're Christians. We're little Christs. We have power in our lives. So let's act like it. You know what I mean? Let's get, let's get up and act like it. Let's just say, you know what? I, they're not going there. They're not going there in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, they will be mighty in the land. And that's it. And then we settle it right there and stand on it. He's given us a place to stand. We might as well stand, right? We could skirt around it if we want to, but I think we should stand. I'm doing it. I'll tell you what, I'm doing it from now on because I've seen some results now. I kind of wind my way for the first couple, but I got the third one. now. no problem. <laughs> it says the generation of the upright will be blessed. Man, what can you say about that? So your kids will be blessed. It says the generation of the upright will be blessed, and that's it. Um, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, we don't have to turn there, but it's, it's part of the Ten Commandments. And um, it's, I think it's just before it. And, and God says, um, he says that he, he, uh, he shows his anger to um, the generations that, you know, going forward four or five generations, the, the sins of the fathers, he revisits to their children. So, if, you know, if, if you're out of Christ, if you're in, um, if you're not in a relationship with him, then it's possible that your children and their children and their children and their children will see the negative effects of that. That's the reality. That they, that the, any curses, any kind of familiar spirits, any kind of uh, things that have your life on hold, maybe it's alcoholism, maybe it's uh, any kind of negative behavior, that's going to continue on through those next four or five generations until somebody steps up and breaks the cycle. And in our house, the cycle's broken. We don't, we don't have the, the behaviors of our parents. We don't have the behaviors of our grandparents anymore. And then God, on top of that, he says that he will show his love to a thousand generations for those that love me and, and follow my commands. And that's us. His command was to accept Jesus. So we accept Jesus. We're following his command. And then we can turn around and say, you know, there's going to be a thousand generations. That's what, 2,000 years from now? Right? If every generation is a 20? 20,000 years from now. That those kids, those kids will be blessed because of what we did. We're pioneers. We're out here. You know, there was guys that explored this area back you know, in the 8th, I don't know when they did that. I, I didn't pay attention to history at all. They did that like in the 1600s or something. And, and they, uh, they explored this area. And they were the first ones here. And they, you know, eventually things would get settled and they'd name this town and somehow they came up with Naugatuck for this town. Whatever. <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, but they explored it and they found it and they established it. And that's what we're doing in our families. If we're believers, that we are absolutely establishing these facts in our families. And they, they can't be held back. They're going to ripple out into our neighbors. They're going to ripple out into our friends. We're going to invite our friends to church. We're going to invite our coworkers to, to church. We're going to go to work, and, and uh, stuff's going to happen, and we're not going to be all negative and worried about it like everybody else is. Oh, layoffs are coming. So what? God doesn't have another job for me? What kind of God doesn't have an, another job? <laughs> Does he really not have? Is he all out of stuff? I mean, uh, uh, hey, hello, I need some. He's not. He's not. He taught me that the hard way, too, I'll tell you, from, from being in construction, just, you know, dependent on him for the next job, not knowing what next, I don't know what, how much money I'm going to make next week. I don't have, nobody gives me a check unless I go work and get one. That's the way it is. I know you can relate to that, right, Rob? You don't know. But, but he takes care of me. His promise is to provide for me. So now, what I do now is I'm over here on this side of the river, and I'm thanking him for the contract on that side of the river now. You know, I used to whine about it. Oh, God, I need some work. I need some work. But now I'm like, you know, Lord, thank you that you're bringing the contracts. Thank you that you're bringing work. Thank you that you're providing for all our needs. And then some. And, and we're blessed. We, we, we provide for more than our needs, right? So I'll have to just say that the generation, I guess, right, I'll be blessed. It says, uh, verse 3 says, wealth and riches will be in his house. I like the way that sounds. Wealth and riches. Um, I looked up those the Greek words for that wealth and riches, and uh, it means wealth and riches. <laughs> I was like, yes! I was waiting for the other shoe to fall, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, wealth and riches. I'm like, I'm good with that, Lord. 
you know? Um, I heard a guy say one time, he said, uh, he said, you know, I look back on my life, an older, older uh, pastor guy, he says, I look back on my life and I, I think if, if you were to fill up my bank account with a lot more money than what I have right now, he said, I wouldn't be any more richer. You know, I, he has kids and grandkids and, uh, you know, more generations of that, part of that thousand generations coming, and it's such a blessing. And I can testify, my wife can testify to that, you know. It's, it's a huge blessing. Huge. So we have, we already are rich, you know. And then monetary things get added to it. You know, we got a roof over our heads. We got decent cars to drive around. And, um, and he'll keep adding to that. And it says that it's in his house. So that means it's going to go to our children and then to their children. His household will be blessed. It's not just a little thing, but he, God's building an estate. He's all about estates, you know. He's, uh, he's granted us an inheritance with the saints. So we're saints. Isn't that cool? <laughs> St. Keith. I like that. <laughs> I got to get a new license plate. St. Keith. I'll bet nobody else has that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, <laughs> it said, and his righteousness endures forever. And I got hung up. I've been in this Psalm 112 since May. Um, and I've been hung up in this thing, and, I, and the Lord is just downloading on me all this stuff I wrote. Um, I'm up to, I think, verse 4 now. I've been just writing on each verse. And, and um, his righteousness endures forever. It really sticks out to me for a couple of reasons. And uh, one of them is obviously the righteousness, you know, righteousness to Christ and endures forever. This, this thing that he's given us goes on forever. You know, 10 billion years from now, if we even are aware of years, we'll be okay. We're still in Christ. We don't get out of Christ. It, this, goes on, this promise goes on forever. Um, and, uh, and, and I like that word endure. I kind of got stuck on thinking about endurance and, and endures and, and um, like people who run. I think, Chris, you run, right? You do, do you do like marathons and stuff like that? You used to. So he knows. So he's an endurance runner. Chris is an endurance runner. And that's why I always pick him for the flag football team because <laughs> I know I can hit him with a pass any time, and he'll be, he'll be free. Um, but it, with endurance, you can kind of work on that, right? You can work on your endurance. You can kind of you can improve on it, and you work at it to get better and better, right? Well, our righteousness, although it's all already done, what we can do is we can work on believing it, and we can work on accepting it. Maybe we just need to accept it rather than trying to earn it again and earn it again. We can just accept it more and more. And so, again, uh, uh, praising him on this side of the river, you know, when things aren't going 100% great. And then we can walk over to the other side. When we finally get to the other side, we'll already be past all of that garbage because we'll be free, right? So we can work on our endurance in that respect. We can work on the endurance of our righteousness in that respect. Does that make sense? Okay, good, because I don't know where else to go with that. (laughs) How long do I have to talk for? Man, it seems like I've been up here forever. (laughs) All right. Um, and verse 4, kind of, verse four is kind of a downer. It says, unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. And that kind of assumes there's going to be some darkness. <laughs> I'm like, come on, Lord, you know. We have to really have darkness, but, but we can overcome the darkness, right? We can come over any, any kind of circumstance that comes in, any negativity that comes our way, any kind of um, jam that we might get in or we might know of somebody who gets in, we can get out of that. We can, we can work through it. We can have hope. That uh, light's going to come in the middle of that. You know, we can get our hope sky high. Jared sent that thing out this week. I don't know if anybody saw that on Facebook about hope. Did anybody see that? That was a good word. Just putting your scope, your hope sky high. Easy for me to say. But you just, uh, you know, we don't have to, you know, we grew up with hearing, don't get your hopes up. But Jesus doesn't say that. He said, put your hope sky high, you know. Think up here. This is where I want you to be thinking about. This is where I want you to live, up here. That's where he wants us to go. That's, and he's empowered us to get there. He's empowered us to think differently and to be able to react differently when things come, right? So when, a, when darkness comes, we can just say, you know what, Lord? I don't know how it's going to work, but I know it's going to work because you promised. You said that all things work together for the good of those who love you or love me, you are called according to your purposes. So I can agree with that. And I can say, yeah, yeah, it stinks, but I can do it. I can get through. It can work. So um, I had one, uh, I'm not going to go into that, man. I had another exam- embarrassing example. I'm not going to use that one. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. 
Yeah. Well, it has a little bit to do with darkness arising. But it, it was a bad ending one, so I was saying one of those things. Ugh. Um, anyway, so, so we need confidence, right? We need to be confident in who we are in Christ. We need confidence in righteousness. We need to be confident in what he's done in our hearts already so that we can start to act like that. Rather than trying to act like that apart from him, just trying to be nice people, we are nice people, and it just will flow out. Does that make sense? kind of takes all the struggle out of it. Um, but, we need to, but we should cultivate what he says. You know? We should cultivate it. And I think some of the ways that we can cultivate it is uh, we can um, take thoughts captive. You know, if you have a thought that comes into your head, like uh, you know, when I drove that tractor off the edge there, and a lot of thoughts came into my head. <laughs> and they weren't good ones. But you know, I took that thought captive, and I said, no, I'm not going to think like that. I'm going to think like this. And plug another thought into my head and say, you know, I can get through this. I, can, I know I can get this thing out. It's just a matter of time. Lord, please don't let it fall any further while I go to the store and get to come along, you know. Just kind of hoping on him that it's going to work out. So we've got to take thoughts captive. And uh, I think we need to do that um, a lot. I think we really need to examine the thoughts that are in our heads. You know, we really need to take them captive. And so uh, a practical way to take a thought captive let me think of a bad thought first. Hold on. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Rick. So, say, uh, okay, this morning I'm driving here, and there's a spot when I get into 691 where there's, there's another lane coming in, and it looks like the other car is going to whack you. Almost every time, it's like if you get there the same time he does, it's like you're like this. You're really close. And when you get that close, it's scary, you know? So I started backing off a little bit, you know, just to let the guy go first, just in case he came over to my lane and, you know, that way I wouldn't hit him. But, you know, you have that fear in your head. You have that heart, oh, it's going to be an accident, an accident, and I'm not going to get to church in time. And all this stuff comes in like in a second, right? I'm not going to get to church in time. He's going to scratch my nice truck, you know. And then I'm going to have to punch his lights out. And then, you know, you get all these crazy thoughts coming to your head. But instead, you take that thought captive. You say, wait, I'm not going to think like that. And then the best thing to put in is a scripture. So if you got a scripture that you've memorized, that's the time to make it come out of your mouth. So you say, praise the Lord, all my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name, praise the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from the pit and crowns me with love and compassion, who satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. That's a great time to say that. And you let it come out of your mouth. And before you know it, you're not thinking about Charlie and the next car crashing into you anymore. You still might have one eye on him, but you're not worried about it anymore. Um, the same thing with, uh, you know, financial things at work or, or how things are going to work out or how you're going to pay a bill. You know, instead of thinking, how am I going to do it, how am I going to do it, how am I going to do it, say, you know what, Lord, I need wisdom. And he said in James, he said, ask for wisdom and I'm going to give it to you. All you got to do is believe that I'm going to give you the wisdom. That's all I'm asking of you. Just believe it. <laughs> But instead, we're like, can I have wisdom? Can I have wisdom? Can I have wisdom? You don't really need to keep asking. You know, you just believe it, and he'll show you a way. So we've got to quiet ourselves down. We've got to listen, right? And we've got to refocus our hearts. So it's a, just a constant focusing, focusing, focusing. Just, you know, getting distractions out and focusing. Um, I wrote this down here. It says, nothing you can do can get you more favor with God than you have right now. It doesn't depend on you. You've already got favor in your life. So I'm kind of lo- I'm using that in my business world now. I'm kind of pushing my favor. I kind of I, I see myself as like a shield. He says in Psalm five verse eleven and twelve. He says um, he has we have favor like a shield. So I kind of position myself like I'm behind a shield in my mind, and I'm just pushing that shield and you know hiding behind that favor and pushing into whatever circumstance I'm looking. To, maybe I'm looking to get a contract or a job. And, uh, and, and I do that a lot. I'll push that shield in there. And I'm like, I got favor. I mean, why shouldn't I be here bidding on this contract? I'm, I got the favor of God in my life. You know, why shouldn't I do fill in the blank? I have the favor of God in my life. Right? So, so that's what I've been doing with that. So you don't have any more favor. You can't get any more. You've got it all already. You don't need any more. It's yours. You all got it. That's it. That's settled. Um, and we need, but we need to cult, keep cultivating our hearts and keep working on things. Um, I got a thing up here. Uh, this is an identity sheet. 
And it says, uh, it just says, I am in Christ. And there's, there's uh, I don't know how many of them there are. There's a couple pages. I apologize, one of the pages is upside down. I had a real problem with the printer. But you'll get the point of it. And what I suggest that you guys do is you read through these. And uh, I started starring a couple of the ones that, that I really like that I think um, speak to my heart. And I'm going to focus on these for the next few weeks. And then maybe I'll find some more. But um, basically what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to renew my mind by looking at these promises and looking at these, my, my identity here and then believing it. So one of the things that I, that I checked off was uh, I belong to God. I like that. <laughs> I belong to God. I don't belong to anybody else. I belong to God. I'm his. I'm a new creation. Um, I'm assured that all things work together for the good. And all the scripture references are here so you can look them up in your Bible too to make sure that we're telling you the truth. Um, I am a citizen of heaven. That's cool, right? I am chosen before the creation of the world. So you were chosen before the creation of the world. This is a no accident. You know, we're not all here listening to this because, you know, hey, we had nothing better to do today. You know, there's lots of other stuff we could be doing. But you guys took time, and there's something drawing you. There's something inside of you that's saying, I want that. I need that. That's part of who I am. That's what I need to be. That's what I need to believe. So we need to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. I like this one, uh, Ephesians 1.18. It says, I am a saint. There's St. Keith again. I like that. <laughs> That's just, I'm going to keep saying that. I don't care what anybody says. I like that. <laughs> That's my wife laughing the loudest here. Uh, I possess the mind of Christ. So we have the mind of Christ. Isn't that something? Does anybody here in this room believe you have the mind of Christ? All right. Does it feel like we have the mind of Christ? No. Just Eric. So... <laughs> So, so, we, uh, so we, ha- we possess the mind of Christ. He's given us his mind somehow. I don't know how that works. It must be part of the spirit thing. But we have that. Isn't that cool? We have the mind of Christ. So you get into a jam now. Pull that thing out. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 2.16. I have the mind of Christ. Can you imagine if we all started acting like that at our jobs, at our workplaces, how things would change? We'd be at the top of the heap in no time. We, we, what if we just wanted to do it to bless people? Hey, you know what? Uh, you go to your boss and say, I think i got a solution for that problem. What do you think about this? God's an inventor, man. He comes up with stuff. He's really smart. <laughs> he knows about computers. You know, He put that into somebody's mind to make a computer. Back when I was a kid, I had no idea what a computer was. Never heard of them. I, mean, I'm, I was watching, listening to 8-track tapes. <laughs> And then we went to cassettes. Yeah. And then we went to CDs. And I was like, that was already, I was like, we had vinyl albums. I mean, that stuff, it's all gone. But he, those are all things that God put into people's hearts. I believe they're all his ideas. Whether it was a believer that found it or not, I believe they're all his ideas. Because he, he created intellect. If he didn't create intellect, he's not God. Don't worship him. Forget about it. If there's anybody in the room who's on the fence, if you're not sure, if you're born again, we can settle that today. We can get you born again today. It's easy. It's free. But if you're on the fence, you need to understand that the fence belongs to Satan. It's his fence. All right? So you picture a, a huge field, right? And a fence going down the middle of the field. One side being black. One side being white. Christian side. Devil side. The fence, it's on the devil's side. That's the truth, man. I don't want you to leave here without truth because the truth will set you free. And it's not a big thing. You just ask Christ into your heart. It's, it's easy. If you want to do that today, come find me before the end of service. We'll pray together and, uh, and you'll get born again. Uh, I am chosen and dearly loved. I love that one. I'm dearly loved. You know, God is just such a cool dad, you know. We can forget about all the things that we know about our earthly fathers and and the fathers that we are, we need to just forget about that. It needs to no longer have a hold on us. It shouldn't matter that much. Because we're a new creation, so our real father is awesome. <laughs> and he loves us. He says we're dearly loved. We're chosen and dearly loved. He said, I'm blameless. I like that one. He said, I am set free, Romans 8, 2. I'm set free. 
Romans 8, 37 says, uh, I'm more than a conqueror. <laughs> I'm not just a conqueror, I'm more than a conqueror. I like that. I, kinda, I, think, I think of like times, like medieval times, when I think of stuff like conquering and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, you go in and you wipe out a people and you take all their stuff. That's kind of cool. You didn't have to work for any of that. You got it for nothing. Yeah. Or not nothing, you fought for it. But, but then you're a conqueror, and then you're more than a conqueror. So I'm not sure what that means. More than a conqueror sounds better than just being a conqueror. <laughs> Sounds like you're a conqueror and then you kind of take over after that and now you're the king, you know? That kind of a thing. I don't know. Um, I'm born again, First Peter one twenty three, and then I'm a new creation. Those are the, There's 12 that I did here. I've got these up here for you guys. Um, they're right here. What I want to do is I want it to be something that means something. You know, that uh, you get out of your seat. I don't care if you're uncomfortable with that or not. That's the way it is. They're up here. Come get one. They're for you. Take them. Mark them up. Write all over them. Whatever you want to do. Make notes on the back. There's a big bunch of space for notes. Um, check off the ones that, you, that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. He's going to show you ones that he wants to really get into your heart. He wants the ones that really to, to make a solid base for you. All right? So um, at the, I, guess, uh, I guess you can come up now if you want. Whoever wants one, come on up and get one. All right, so I'm going to keep moving here. Um, so I want to, I want to, uh, I want to encourage you to communicate and have communion with the Holy Spirit. To talk to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. He is a revealer. He reveals God's word to us. He's a comforter. He gives us comfort. He gives us power. He gives us insight and discernment. And he will speak to you. It's not that he's not speaking to you or talking to you. He's talking to us all the time. We don't have to wait for him to speak to us. We just got to wait to get quiet enough to hear him. Does that make sense? Just be quiet. Just be quiet. <laughs> That's it. What I, do, uh, what I like to do sometimes is when I'm praying and, um, and trying to listen to the Holy Spirit is I'll get a piece of paper and I'll write down all the distractions. Because, uh, like for example, last night I was um, going over some stuff and uh, I started remembering what I was supposed to bring on Monday to work. So I had to bring, uh, matter of fact, I wrote it down so you guys can get a good kick out of this. Oh. Hey. I had to bring Monday. I got to bring a ladder. <laughs> I have to write that down because I don't carry my ladder all the time because it makes noise on a truck and it makes me crazy, so... I don't bring it all the time. So I got to bring a ladder. I got to bring a leaf blower. And the thing last night when I started reading and praying was uh, Satan was quick to remind me that I needed to bring glue to work. So I needed to bring some glue for, I got I to need masonry glue. I got to glue some blocks together. So I was like, so I just got my phone out and wrote it down and put it aside and I got back into the word. So if you want to hear from God, arm yourself with that kind of a thing. Bring a pad and paper and write down any distraction. I need to go to the grocery store and get milk. Now you don't have to think about it. I got to don't forget to talk to Billy at work about whatever. Whatever it is. Um, and listen, just listen. Just sit and listen. He's going to talk to you. Um, I heard a pastor saying one time, he said, uh, he said he likes to think of the Holy Spirit as like a brilliant, bright, white light living inside of him. So if you could picture like this massive, bright, white light just aching to get out, you know, and you just say, ah, oh, there you are, Holy Spirit, I love you, and you, you know, you kind of place them there in your imagination, and maybe that's a mind game, I don't know, but it, uh, it makes him more real, because he is there. If you're born again, he's inside of you, and he is there, so might as well use him, right? We might as well commune with him, and as we do that, we start to get freed up. Because we start to hear his voice, and we start to know that all these things and the I am stuff, is real. So we start to believe this even further. So now, good luck trying to take this away from me. <laughs> this is who I am now. I'm identified with this, and that's how I can get through life, right? That's how I can get power. 
Now I'm getting filled up with the Holy Spirit and I'm pouring over on other people. So uh, an example of that is um, I was working the other day and uh, it's a fa- there's a family over, uh, uh, it doesn't matter where they are. And anyways, they have uh, a lot of medical issues in the family uh, with their kids in particular. And this one young lady is having uh, a bunch of brain surgeries. And, um, you know, maybe you pray for somebody with a, like a sprained wrist or something, you know, you got sprained wrist faith. But brain surgery, that's a whole other thing, right? <laughs> but it's not. It's the same thing. You get the same kind of power can touch her any way, right? So I wanted to pray for her. And I had been praying for her. We were there for about two weeks. And I had been praying for her. And she kind of hung around all day. She has like a, she's like 21 or 22 and has like a 15-year-old mentality. Um, and it was supposed to get worse if they have this next set of surgeries done. They're going to remove a piece of her brain. So, I mean, my heart just broke for her, you know. And uh, she's just such a nice, sweet young girl. But her, like the other side of her brain, like her artist's brain, is amazing. She, you should see the paintings she draws. They're beautiful. I was like, wow, are you sure that came from you? And it was just amazing. Just awesome. Um, but anyway, so I had the mom and the dad were home. And actually what we were doing, we were renovating an apartment. And they were uh, getting ready to rent this apartment out. And it, it was kind of a deadline thing. So all, all of them were there working. They were doing some painting and stuff while I was finishing up some carpentry work. And um, so we're all kind of in the same area. So at one point, all, three of us are up, all four of us are upstairs. The young girl comes up and the parents are there. And, you know, Holy Spirit's like, you know, you need to pray for these people. I'm like, mm. <laughs> okay. You know, so I do the old prayer, you know, hey, bless them, Holy Spirit. You know, he's like, no. Pray for them. I'm like, oh, come on, Lord. You know, these are business customers, you know. They're not my friends and pals or relatives or something like that. Uh, they're, they're people. They're great people, but it's like, before I know it, <laughs> I'm like, uh, she's, she turns around to go downstairs, and I, sa- and I said, uh, we're right at the top of the stairway. And I say, hey, uh, can we pray for her? And the parents are like, yeah, go ahead and pray for her. You know, like, in other words, go home and pray for her. <laughs> you know, don't. So I'm like, no, no, we need to pray for her right now. Can we pray for her right now? So she's like, okay. So they came over, and, uh, and then, the Holy, <laughs> then the Holy Spirit's like, you know, he, he had me put the girl in the middle of us, and I held the hands with the parents around the girl. And we prayed for her, man. And the Spirit of the Lord just fell hard. And, uh, man, it just was so powerful. And uh, I just commanded her brain to get right, you know, because that's all I know how to do, you know. I I don't know any medical stuff. I just, like, you know, brain get right, you know. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it had to be out of faith, out of power, right. And, And it ended up just being a really cool time. The parents were really thankful after and I just found out yesterday, I went to Home Depot and returned something, and the lady who moved into that apartment works at Home Depot. So I saw her, and she said that they had a good report. They're only going to need to take out a little piece of her brain. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to pray more for that thing. And I, you know, <laughs> I'm not giving up with a little piece, you know. Let's, let's not. Maybe the surgeon didn't want to give up his, his salary or something, but um, who knows, you know. Uh, if at any rate, uh, you know, some things happened good for her, and it's like one of the first good reports she's ever had, probably. And uh, I'm like, yeah, you know. So I just, I was in a very uncomfortable spot, you know, to call people together like that and to hold hands with people, which is weird for me. I mean, I don't really like holding, I like to hold my wife's hand. That's about it. And my grandkids' hands when we're going through the parking lot. But other than that, it's like, I'm not a big handhold person. <laughs> must be the construction part of me or something. Um, you know what, Rob, can you throw that last slide up there with the stick people? This is, uh, you guys will get a big kick out of this probably. This is, uh, this is my artistry. What time do I have to speak till? It feels like it's going long. All right. Uh, guy on the left, he's black. Not, you know, he's, he's in darkness. <laughs> He's in darkness. The guy on the left is not born again. He's in darkness. The guy on the right-hand side, he's sporting that CC Noggy orange. He's happy, right? He's got Jesus. The guy in the middle is what happens when Satan starts talking to us, right? When he starts taking away some of our salvation, when he starts taking away that we're righteous, when we don't feel righteous, right? We start sliding back over to that side, and now we say, you know what, I've got this habit in my life that won't go away, you know, because we're feeding it by feeding non-truth, 
You know, if we stay over on that right-hand side in truth, if we stay in our identity, if we stay in this, if we stay in our identity, then we're going to be living on the right-hand side. And we can tell that other side, you know what? Hit the road. Right? It's kind of simple. But most of the gospel is really simple. It's not like a, you don't need a degree in it to understand it, really. But we have to have a little bit of will on our part. So God waits for that, you know. He wants us to come in agreement with him. That's all it is. We're really just understanding what he says, how he says it, and how we're going to be. And that's going to come out automatically. You can't stop it from coming out. That habit's going to disappear. That thing's going to go. He'll be all orange in no time at all. All the way orange. Nice, happy Christian guy walking around. And then he's going to start spilling his orange onto somebody else. That's the way it works. That's cool, and that's all I got right there. That's it, man. So um, can I have the worship team come back up? We're going we're gonna to play one more song. During this song, uh, we're going to play Trading Our Sorrows. If you need to trade something this morning, if you want to trade a negative circumstance, if you want to trade a habit, if you want to trade um, anything, maybe it's a health issue or something, find somebody else who's sick and pray for them. If you're sick, pray for the sick. If you've got a habit that you can't shake, come up and find somebody else who does, has that same habit or the same problem and talk to them and pray for them. Pray for one another. All right? But during this, during this song, feel free to get up, jump around, have some fun. Yeah? You want to pray before we sing? Yeah, sure. So. Father, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. We ask, Lord, that you would fill us with your spirit. And we thank you that you continually fill us and refill us, and you just bring your spirit out from inside of us and spill onto other people, Lord. Uh, we love you, Lord. I pray this truths which settle in our hearts today. Lord, and uh, I pray, Lord, if anybody's here who wants to get born again, that you just help them to be bold and to be strong and to be courageous and to undertake that. And we just thank you, Lord, that you're so willing and uh, you so desire to uh, love on us. And we pray that uh, you just set your people free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I think we need to get on up.